is how valid is the validity. Welcome to episode 28 of How Valid is the Validity. And that's the show. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for stopping by. Short and sweet. To my left tonight, everybody, a very special guest, uh, Jeff Catton from uh, from Georgia. From Georgia. How are the peaches this year, uh, Jeff? Jeff? Uh, right. So yeah. we're going to be talking numerous things tonight, numerous <laughs> things to cover. Uh, normally, we wouldn't have the guest uh, sit down so soon. He'd be sitting but, off but, to the side. But you said I was special. Right. You are special. And uh, I thought that your helmet would be on, uh, it, but but it's not. And so we'll, we'll just be careful with the chair tonight. Andy, how are you? I'm doing good. Look look what I put, Jeff. You're the drivingest some beach ever. Oh, I love that. Some beach. beach. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Somewhere. I got you. Uh, because Jeff would drive us uh, 30,000 miles and never take a break. Um, you know, I'm surprised you're not here with a diet do. Yeah, where one, is the I, Diet I have one in my car. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you ever worry about what Diet Do does to your insides? Yes. Yeah. Uh, just talk talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Diet Do, I think, is the kind of situation where when you go to get a CAT scan, you don't have to take the fluid they give you uh, so they can see what's going on inside. It just it just means I'm well preserved. Well preserved. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, your your uh, oncologist will, I'm sure, say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, so uh, a lot's happened in a week. A lot has happened in a week. We uh, First off, I just want to say this. Last week, I, I said I used Senator Klobuchar instead of, and what I meant, Andy, was Kavanaugh. Oh. Yes, so I want to correct that, uh, number one. Right. I want to correct that. And, and, and number two, uh, most of what I said about the Supreme Court was very boring. I noticed that after I listened to it. <laughs> it was very, very boring. Yeah. Uh, you didn't laugh at that, Jeff. I thought that was quite funny. Um, I, I missed that. I think you've missed most of these shows, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, Also, one thing I wanted to clarify with you, uh, Andy, was that the Electoral College started in 1794. Oh, yeah. We were trying to figure that out. What year it started, yeah. which meant that all the states were, in fact, not yet established, um, which makes the Electoral College even more uh, difficult to understand. Oh, great. Yeah. So where do I want to start? I, there's so much stuff. I mean, there's there's masturbating in front of Zoom calls. There's uh, rappers talking about how much they've stole from from uh, from the. I mean, are you freaking kidding me with this? I know the first thing I do when I commit a crime is it can, it's really fast make a song about it and get it out on the internet as fast as possible. Yeah. So that the FBI can come and talk to me about it surprise surprise <laughs> yeah should we do this one first that I, I like the tone of it myself i, I really do so let, let's just put it out there let, let me let me just let me let me just i made <laughs> i made some notes first off uh when you have a, a production company called nuke bizzle nuke bizzle you, you probably know that there's going to be some problems uh that's going to happen in your life down the road uh, a tennessee rapper this guy's 22 years old I got to give it to him. I mean, I, I maybe have committed crimes on accident. You know, they say you you break at least four laws a day because you don't even know what what the law is. 
you know, I don't know if you've heard that or not. Jeff looks at me like he, he didn't yeah, understand. I was going to say, who's they? Yeah, they, they meaning like uh, the the uh, uh, the law elites, the yeah. law elites. Okay. Uh, these papers that are pro- produced at, at places like uh, great institutions like Harvard and, and, and Yale and other uh, completely liberal places. But the point being is, this guy's 22 years old. Uh, my brother says I said point being too often. He says I say point being too. He he goes, Chris, you got to change your show to um, point being, or you got to quit saying it so much. Uh, I said I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll quit saying it. <laughs> but the point is, a- after allegedly defrauding the United States government coronavirus uh, relief fund for one point two million dollars, then bragging about it in a music video, I got to say this guy's got maybe I think it's twenty years, possibly is the max. He's going to be. So far forgotten by that point. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> His 31-year-old counter cohort, the video the video was t- t- was also arrested on Friday, probably just spilling his guts. Basically, they had, and I've never heard of this, but they had stacks and stacks of uh, cards uh, for from the EDD. And so the song's called EDD, but it was uh, uh, the first round he got was for $700,000. It was other people's names. All kinds of stuff. Basically, this guy didn't leave any of it out. Play the clip here. You gotta watch. It. I just been swiping for EVD. Go to the bank and stack at least. This is here better than selling peas. I made some rent that I couldn't believe. Ten cars, then two hundred bonds. I got a shot at the Donald Trump. I just might swipe me a long song. I'm in New York having money for. I ain't got rich, I'm an EVD. I ain't hit no more liquor than EVD. And just last night I was selling peas. And I just woke up to 300 G. Go sit the K off of SBA. It's time to ball like the NBA. Ten cars, I'm swimming to K a day. Canada bills of the CPA. You gotta sell cocaine, I can defile a claim. Rats coming straight to the bank. I'm doing shit that you can't. Nigga, I'm smart and you ain't. Eat it, scale and this that you heard about. I I got rich off of EDD. They rap in the video. I just uh, woke up to 300 G's. You got to sell cocaine. I just got to fly a claim. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, it's so ridiculous that I you can't even. It's like you couldn't write it. If it were Saturday Night Live and you had 20 staff writers, you couldn't make this up. There's always going to be somebody somewhere to take advantage. Well, I mean, there have been people that went to Vegas with million dollars and 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 spent it all in a weekend. I mean, this has already happened, but I don't think to the extent of of this this type of situation where they literally wrote about it. I, I don't know if it's because in the time that we're in right now with 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 the racism and and all the kind of things going on that they just felt like nobody was going to touch them. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what you're you're just not thinking. It seems like they could have given a few hundred dollars to somebody that could have thought. Could somebody just kind of think for us while we go out here and just really wreck the shit out of our minds? <laughs> Could just here's here's a thousand dollars. Can you think for me? This is not a good idea. See, that's if I was if I was making that thousand bucks, I'd go, uh, yes, uh, rapper, uh, uh, nuke Bizzle. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, nuke hey, Bizzle. Nuke, hey, nuke. I think you better chill out on the EDD. It sounds like some kind of weird, uh, weird uh, disease that Nuke got the night before. Nuke Bizzle. 
Only in now America. I'm itching on EDD. And I, okay, whatever. Speaking of uh, EDD, Cardi B has deletes her Twitter account over criticism out of uh, out of control fans. I gotta go to jail. Okay. I've been waiting for you to talk about Cardi B. Did you see the Biden uh, Cardi B interview? No, I missed it. Do yourself a favor, find it online. Okay. uh, On on your laptop, and before you watch it, take your laptop out to the deck and drop it (laughs) as far as possible down the plane. And if it still if it still works. Uh, then, then watch then the interview. Watch it. Okay. Then watch right. the interview because that's what it's going to feel. That's how stupid it is. It's show prep. It's unbelievable. It's it's one of the so basically she is back now with her uh, baby daddy. Uh, I guess. Oh, that is, dude is that she call. left. Yeah. His his name is uh, uh, what is his name? Nuke Bizzle. Not Nuke, Nuke Bizzle. Bizzle. That's the other guy. Offset. Offset. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> him. That's him. Nuke Bizzle is the other dummy. Her her her. <laughs> <laughs> Her her quote was a whole bunch of fifteen year olds trying to tell me how to live my life like I'm a mother bleeping Ariana Grande or something. Cardi B said, uh, like, like I came from Disney or something. Yeah, you did come from Disney. You come from Disney, a, a land of uh, where men have been playing on for numerous years. Numerous years. I try my best to give you all the best music and and the best content. She said. Ah uh, yes. Yes, definitely. WAP. WAP was probably one of my favorite songs of the year. I, I didn't know what WAP was. I had to call my parents and ask them. That was great. That was great. I don't know. Uh, it's basically the whole uh, Congress is becoming a geriatrics. What, what, what? Were you just trying to tell me to stop? No. Oh, okay, I apologize. <laughs> Did you happen to see the Nancy Pelosi uh, Wolf Blitzer interview? I saw a little bit of it. Oh my yes. god! Okay, yes. so basically, light, let me just tell, let me explain something. How weird life is getting right now. Uh, when Nancy Pelosi calls Wolf Blitzer, uh, 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 accuses him of working for Trump, the Trump camp. You know that basically it's over. It's over. <laughs> we, it, I'm pretty sure that in the Bible it talked about uh, the three horsemen. Uh, uh, four horsemen is it the four horsemen four horsemen and the three-headed dragon and the devil coming back and nancy pelosi to calling wolf blitzer uh, 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 uh working for the republicans i think that was all in revelations i got you. Revelations. <laughs> i missed that part it's unbelievable it was so as a matter of fact it was so stupid it was such a, a it was like watching two people at a rest home fighting over uh, uh mashed potatoes you know what i'm saying like it was there was no it was just the dumbest. I, I so dumb. I didn't even want to make clips of it. I didn't even want to fight Facebook to get the rights. Oh yeah. To yeah. right. Be censored. When you really look at all the things Trump has has accomplished, underneath of the fact that now we're finding out that basically everything that Russia the Russia collusion was under was not Trump. It was actually Biden, Obama, and Clinton. This has all been that whole thing. So for three and a half years, they spend millions of dollars to try to impeach Trump and do no work. All to come to find out that it was all crap. It's almost like Trump knew because this stuff has been around forever. Right. And, and, and it's almost like he knew that eventually he was going to use this stuff two weeks before because, you know, people's minds are about they only got about two weeks. Right. You've got about two weeks where you can really nail something. You know what I mean? Is it funny that all this stuff's coming out now? No. 
I don't think it is. Because, I mean, let me just explain something to you. I'm about to show you something that just came out today. Okay? Just today. This just came out today. This guy is like a Ben Shapiro, but he's from India. Um, and, and he's he's a, a staunch Republican, very smart, very well-spoken, like Jordan Peterson. I, I, for some reason, I wrote his name down, and I can't. I can't. It doesn't really. It doesn't really matter. So we're going to go to the Obama sucks uh, uh, clips. We're going to start with the first clip. Uh, this just came out today. I want to say that I dropped it like it was hot, like Nuke Bizzle. I dropped it like it was hot. <laughs> so let's just set up. Um, let's just set up how this works. Go ahead, play the first. Uh, we had a few drinks. Uh, I had made some comments about warning Coke. So we got in the limo and left and we started drinking. I started snorting. He started smoking. I actually put my hand on his knee and started to rub up his thigh. And I performed oral sex on Barack Obama. Hello. Whoa. Hello. <laughs> what? Oh. Hey, hey, little John. What? Oh, wow. Oh, what? Jeez. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> that escalated quickly. That yes. escalated oh, quickly. Right? So so this, this just came out today. So I've heard this before about Barack Obama. Long time ago, and, and actually probably 04, uh, there was a rumor going around that he was actually gay and all this kind of stuff, but he was definitely into drugs. No, There was no question about that, whatever. This is something else. This guy actually went to court. Like, he had a lawyer and made a huge, uh, spoke about it the whole nine. Play the second clip. So it, it continues. No, no, at that time was a state senator. I actually had no idea who he was. And then when did you find out that it, it was Barack Obama? Watching the 2004 DNC convention. Thank you very much, everybody. God bless you. Thank you. And it hit me. <laughs> like his weenie in my face it hit me i think brock was wearing lipstick there wasn't he oh my god so here so this all this this goes back to this so this biden uh stuff you know there, there is video uh, uh and and pictures of barack obama as a small child with the bush family right so there there has always been this um there's always been this thing where he has been very sheltered and and very much uh, you know his his real father was deep into into politics and and worked for numerous administrations or a couple administrations at least but there was definitely some connection with the bushes uh, when he was a, a young child and i tell you the guy that really blew the lid off of this thing and and i, I was going to play it but the, and i listened to it again i'm like it doesn't really matter but joe judge brown joe brown oh yeah, yeah. So he he apparently has started a show talking about I don't and I don't know what his background is that he has all this information, but he he just blows the lid off of the fact that Obama has basically been was going to be president of the United States. It didn't matter who what track was laid before him that this guy was going to be the president of the United States. And and the fact of the matter is he was a state senator for Illinois. He was he was the chosen one. Right. So it, it literally. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it just doesn't happen like that. You know, it just the presidents of the United States are usually governors number one, uh, or have some sort of Rockefeller type name attached to him, or whatever the case is. Not him. I mean, his none of his pan, you know family other than his father, which you're just now trying figuring that out. So the fact that he was sheltered and the fact that he was probably, you know, that that was kind of his life, and I'm God knows what it was like. All these people knew each other, including the Biden family. Play the third clip there. 
Shit. Cool. We're back. Here's that clip. At your press conference, I performed fellatio on Senator Obama in the limousine during the time Senator Obama was smoking crack cocaine. After the press conference, you are arrested by the D.C. Police Department upon the orders of Bo Biden, Attorney General for Delaware. So this is Joe Biden's son, Bo Biden. It is. Apparently, he had a grand jury indictment from two weeks after I went public on Obama accusing me of theft that never took place. So, again, he gets he gets arrested and and then is given. Who else is taking care of this case besides Bo Biden, who's deceased now? Right. Mm-hmm. So he he gets he gets he that's he. So basically, Obama says he says that he came into his hotel room, stole some stuff, I guess, tried to uh, give him some. What do they call it? Uh, Lacio. <laughs> How the kids say it. <laughs> Lacio, uh, and and so that happens. Uh, then he then he is uh, then he's arrested, and and then Bo Biden is the one taking care of his of his situation. I I don't think it's coincidence. I don't think it's coincidence. And then the the real kicker is the last part. So if you want to play that clip for you, you were contacted. You say by a man named Donald Young. Donald Young was the choir director in Jeremiah Wright's church in Chicago. This is the church Obama attended. Exactly. And, and what did Donald Young tell you? that he, too, had intimate relations with Barack Obama and had for, for years. What happened to him? He was shot point blank in his apartment in Chicago. The murder was never solved? No, it wasn't. Basically, the house of cards. It's basically the yeah. house of cards. Yeah. So so here, here's why I play this stuff, because it's extremely interesting, and it's nothing like hearing a president get his wing, uh, you know, touched by the people's <laughs> mouth. I mean, usually not in that so, I mean, aspect. I mean, Monica Lewinsky was like, he, they didn't lace the cigar with, uh, you know, cocaine or anything. <clears throat> couldn't, this, couldn't this possibly fall under the conspiracy corner part of the show, though? I don't think so. No, you, you, you this. I don't think it's, I don't think it's false. No. I don't no. even think there's a, right. I mean, like, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what happened to this guy, but the fact of the matter that the, the choir director definitely was shot point blank range oh, that's, yeah. in I Chicago. Was, I was going to say, what happened to this guy? Well, I, I'm unfortunately, I think he's still around. Is he? He's yeah. in hiding. I shouldn't say unfortunately. That's, that was a bad choice of word. That was a bad choice of word. And, and so the reason, the reason I bring this up is because it's, it's what a lot of people are saying. In January, actually in October of last year, this Hunter Biden stuff starts to be released. The Biden campaign kept it under pretty good wrap in the sense that they kept it away from Joe Biden because going into um, the year, this is where Russia collusion became a thing. And this is how uh, they, they tried to stop Trump from even using it in the first place was by making look make it look like that Russia was his problem and not their problem. In fact, none of that was true. In fact, everything Joe Biden has said that he had no relation with his son uh, concerning business dealings in the Ukraine or China uh, were was absolutely false. So now this guy's a complete liar, and nobody's disputing th- this these facts. I mean, like nobody from him's camp. There, he said it's bias. It's it's that it's baseless smear smear whatever the case is, but it's impossible. So. Uh, the, the other the other issue going going around right now is that basically Hunter Biden is so messed up as a person um, and people are starting to kind of feel sorry for him a little bit because they say that maybe he did it on purpose. 
because this all stems from three hard drives, uh, two, one or two of the computers that were actually taken to some random person to work on them, which he just left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they tried to contact him. Yeah, they tried to, con- and he just he didn't do anything about it. Right. So there is a there is some there is some talk now that it's actually he did it on purpose because he was miserable and he didn't want to be a part of the, the you know this stuff that Joe was putting him in and maybe he wasn't getting just, the money that 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 he was getting every month it was going to other people. Just think if if your whole life is a lie and you have to cover everything up and remember as many of those lies as you you know as you've told and the people in your family right i mean absolutely every day and, and he this guy is a, a, a now now they're talking about the child sex ring so here's the question with that too because biden obviously loves to sniff children and and to <laughs> you know and, and loves to you know have that kind of he has some creepy moments i mean it's 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 on tv it's, it's everywhere you know everybody it's it's a big huge joke but the fact of the matter is that he, to, the, the idea that Biden somehow has been shielded from all of these things that everybody else in his circle has been an, uh, acquainted with, the Jeffrey Epstein and 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 the, the Maxwell and and Weinstein and all that kind of thing, Clintons. and the Clintons obviously uh, yeah. at this point, it, it, it's it's absurd. And so now it come out yesterday that he Hunter uh, had child pornography or was part of, uh, was dealing with China the China sex ring for young children. Um, it really sounds like to me that they're polishing this stuff off and giving it to Hunter to keep it off of Joe, right? I mean, there's no, either this guy is just that messed up and really wanting to ruin his dad's career or they're using him as a scapegoat. Because I mean, let's face it. I, I don't even know if Joe Biden knows he has children at this point in time. (laughs) I'm serious. So, so now you, now Hunter currently has got the sex trafficking thing working for him. What I'm going to show you is, and this is what's really crazy. So Pam uh, Bondi, which was the uh, previous attorney general in Florida, uh, speaks at uh, on the Congress floor, Senate floor in January. This this was when uh, th- this was a time when they when all this Hunter Biden stuff was starting to, to really come out. And there was actually numerous people talking about it. So we're just going to roll that clip. Clip one on the Biden uh, on the Biden. Phone. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. You have to fight the cancer of corruption. But then something strange happens. Just three weeks later, a Ukrainian natural gas company, Burisma, accused of corruption, appoints Hunter Biden, seen here in their promotional videos, to their board of directors, paying his firm more than a million dollars a year. Ukraine wasn't the only country where Hunter Biden's business and his father's diplomacy as vice president intersected. It also happened in China. This video shows Chinese diplomats greeting Vice President Biden as he arrived in Beijing in December of 2013. Right by his side, his son Hunter. Less than two weeks later, Hunter's firm had new business, creating an investment fund in China involving the government-controlled Bank of China. With reports, they hope to raise $1.5 billion. So basically, it comes out... And so this, this, what I just showed you was all clips from something that she showed on the Senate floor in January. Um, but it basically comes out that it's, it's, it's Hunter, uh, another one of his friends, 
there was two 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 of his friends which he started the the they they dropped out of college or didn't go through the finished college and they started this this uh, firm a hedge fund I guess and one of the guys is the guy that's really brought all this to light yeah uh, actually the guy that's in jail right so right now because Hunter's not in jail right and then this Chris. Uh, uh, what was his name? Chris uh, Chris Hines was another friend that never got involved in the first place because Burisma was bad news. Okay, now, so at this point, what makes all this a big deal for this presidential election is that Biden has basically said he's had nothing to do with any of this stuff. Okay? So everything that he has blamed, claimed. blamed Trump about, about lying and Russian collusion and all that kind of stuff, he, it's actually been him and and so and and Hillary as well you know it's this is a how do you here's the problem with all this you're supposed to trust these people to tell you what's going on everybody knows there's a little bit of corruption or a lot of cor- corruption but it's in a place to where it's just not it's kind of like a guma in in the mafia you know we know you're screwing around on us but if as long as you don't rub it in my face that you're stealing or taking all this money or whatever, we're, we're fine. But as soon as you rub it in my face, I'm done with you, right? Um, and the Sopranos, yeah, like like literally. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean it's exactly right, you know. And and, and so the issue the issue becomes that uh, that we now anything that Biden says is no longer the truth. You can't believe anything he says. That's why this is such a bad. Even though this guy's had 47 years of saying things and doing the opposite and and making law that doesn't uh, jive with the, what he says stealing speeches stealing people's <laughs> speeches i mean that's the reason he was he had to quit the first time he ran in in 86 mm-hmm. 87 86 really this guy is a piece of work but it's not about him is it we already know that the 25th amendment was not for trump it was to get biden out of office to put Kamala in when Biden uh, really had his slippers and robe on out front of the White House. <laughs> right? So, so play, this is when she actually says some stuff. Play, play that second Biden clip, please. And the consultant was seeking a meeting with an extremely senior State Department official to discuss the U.S. government's position. Her pitch for the meeting specifically used Hunter Biden's name. And according to the email, the meeting was set for a few days later. And later. And later so this is the big deal. This is the big one. The guy that was the guy that was prosecuting the people at Burisma, these people that were money laundering, all this corruption. Hunter Biden is put on their board. They're about to get indicted or really blown the lid blown off of it. Biden is in a meeting with officials from the Ukraine and there's a billion dollars on the table. He makes it to where if you don't fire this, this guy and brags about it. Oh my God. Yeah. Play that last clip. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. (laughs) I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. 
I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. What he didn't say on that video, according to the New York Times, this was the prosecutor investigating Burisma. What he also didn't say on the video was that his son was being paid significant amounts by the oligarch owner of Burisma to sit on that board. That's unbelievable. That takes brass balls. I mean, that's the thing about Biden. I don't think I've given him enough credit. This guy's got bigger balls and so, you know, but, I, but personally for me, I don't, it, it's, it's not Biden. It's the whole system. system. Yeah. Because think about it. The FBI has had that laptop since last year. Right. With all the, the Hunter stuff, we've spent $40 million on, you know, an, an investigation by uh, what's his name? Uh, Mueller. Mueller. Yeah. I mean, the waste there, you know, we have the State Department, we have the FBI, we have the media, we have people spying on, we have, I mean, we have all of this stuff orchestrated, right? And the, the, the truth of it is, is there's a vast majority of Americans that really don't believe that that's real. That's scary. And so that's my point to this situation. At this point, you can't say that it's not real. This has already been validated, not just by the government, but people that were involved with it. Right. But but the point is, is when you control the media like that, and it's a drip, oh. drip, drip every day, say it's smear, it's this, it's that. They're accusing you of this, you know. And it's never ending and people are tired and even, even the COVID situation and, and all of that. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable that the country that I grew up in, you know, I'm a little older than you, but the country that I grew up in is in this state as it is today, that all of this stuff can continue to go on and people will cover up and, justify and sell out America. And there, there again, I, I just believe that there aren't enough Americans yet who, who don't realize that the, the tide has really shifted and I'm not sure if we can come back. Well, what if I told you, uh, Jeff, that, that what's going on right now has actually been in the process since the forties. So that they started to start that what what is happening right now was meant to happen right because it started with the school systems and and you know it, the whole educational part of that um and and it's been building <clears throat> you're going to like tonight's discussion uh when we get into conspiracy corner later uh, <laughs> i'm i'm going to take it off, off the off the table so basically there it is that that's my pitch on the on the biden situation uh the and the, and the thing about it is like even the secret service travel logs match the details with the hunter biden emails that's the crazy part too well, so they haven't I mean, they haven't denied nothing right they haven't denied anything right and the entire family has benefited off of off of it and they've tried to make it look like that the entire family has benefited off of joe's name but in actuality you know the 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 three houses he has and and all the shit because they've always made joe to be 
your average Joe because he was the lowest paid senator in Congress. And he was, oh, you know, he never had that much money. And he, you know, that kind of crap. And in actuality, this guy's in the green room. He's in the green room. I'm done with that. That was it. Okay. 661,000 new jobs added. And four out of 10 Democrats said they were happy Trump got COVID. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's, that's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, here's, here's something. And the reason I brought up this story is just because um, we've been talking about the mail-in ballot stuff. 10 million uh, mail-in ballots to this point. Uh, at, at this time, four years ago for the, pre- for the presidential uh, election, it was 2 million uh, mail-in ballots or early voting. Uh, obviously, because of what's going on, this is, it's it's different now, but I mean that's that's still pretty significant, um, you know. And the amount of ballads. This is the first year that there's been more ballads in creeks and rivers uh, than previous years. So that that you know the the, the creeks and rivers, uh, it just helps get the information uh, to the person that's it needs to get to quicker. Because we've had problems with the post office. Remember? Well, yeah. I mean, the post office has been losing money since uh, 1954, and here we go. But Kevin Costner said that he would come and try to help. As the postman. Oh, great. As the postman. Uh, uh, so, uh, basically, uh, the Supreme Court uh, in South Carolina, which the reason I bring up this case is because I think it's going to be pretty uh, interesting to see what happens with other states because places like Illinois and, and, and other states that had these kinda, this kind of situation where there was somebody that had to witness the ballots being put in the box and taken, um, they, some states have got rid of that guy. Because he, because because uh, a buck two ninety five was was too much money to try to pay somebody an hour. It's a little inconvenient, right? But Supreme Court uh, reinstates South Carolina ballot witness law. They reinstate it. Reinstate it. It might not matter. Uh, and and uh, just a follow up uh, situation here with the Chinese operations. I, I keep talking to, when you look at, at at things like China and 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 other places in the world. When you look at a newspaper or listen to it on TV, it does really kind of just. You, you kind of pay attention if you're into that kind of thing at all. For most people, you just, when you see China, you just kind of turn the other way. Like it doesn't exist, right? Unless you're the NBA. Well, yeah, unless you're the NBA. And you, and then you have that alley-oop where it's, uh, where it's uh, BLM uh, alley-oops to, to, uh, to, uh, to, to Antifa for yes. the alley-oop. Um, but, but no, the, the, there's been so much come out about espionage and spying uh, from Russia over the last 25 years in the past two months. I, this is where I got to give Trump some, some credit because at the end of the day, uh, the China they're, they're talking about now for the first time that, that because of the coronavirus, that people should be able not only to sue China, but the United States that is indebted to China for trillions and trillions of dollars that we wipe that debt clean now. Ooh, 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 ooh. There you go. Huh? What do you think of that? We're going to wipe the deck. I've heard my dad brought this up to me months and months ago. And the fact that, 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 I don't know. What do you think about that? That's kind of cool. I love it. Right? Let's oh, just yeah. cut, catch, cut that debt right out of my hair, Andy. I'm going to cut that debt right out of my hair. Well, some people say this is all because, you know, Trump was, uh, all the trade embargoes and all that stuff and all the things that he was doing with the manufacturing over there. They did this on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to be honest with you. Somebody did us a favor, uh, and and I I don't think this coronavirus was supposed to come out yet, because uh, last week we looked at a video where basically, uh, well, it wasn't basically. It's, we looked at a video where uh, Bill Gates had said, 
how ill prepared we were for uh, a the virus, a pandemic, and how how many millions of people that it would probably kill. You know, the one thing about society, going back to what we were talking about a little bit ago, is they have when you said drip, drip, drip. Basically, uh, one thing that people knew that that smart people knew and scientists knew from since the forties was if you just start carving away at people that they would take a shit ton of, of stuff. They would take it because it wouldn't put until it pushes them to the brink where they just break, they break down. Um, I think you, you've either created a situation to where if a pandemic came along and I've said this before, a pandemic came along that really started killing people like people you knew and people you knew, and it was killing that guy and it was really hurting people that there are going to be a certain amount of people the next time this happens won't wear the masks, won't listen to what everybody says because the CDC has been going back and forth. Matter of fact, play that Tucker Carlson clip for me. From the CDC about our segment last night on face masks, a spokesman for the CDC said that our coverage was misleading. Now, the spokesman didn't dispute that we had showed accurate data from the CDC, including that 85% of people who tested positive for coronavirus in July reported wearing a mask always or often. Instead, the spokesman said this, quote, at no time has CDC guidance suggested that masks were intended to protect the wearers. Huh? At no time has the CDC suggested that masks were intended to protect people who wear masks. That's what they said tonight. Now, that would be news to the director of the CDC, Robert Redfield. Here it was last month. I might even go so far as to say that this face mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID than when I take a COVID vaccine. This is the CDC? They're protecting us from this pandemic? They don't even know what their own director is saying. But whatever you do, don't question public health experts. Facebook and Twitter and Google will shut you down. Just put your mask on and obey. Put your mask on and obey. Just put your mask on and obey. I mean, and so here's the CDC telling you two things. 85% of the people that that get coronavirus say they wore masks, number one. Mm -hmm. Then the guy... The head of the CDC says, I'd rather this mask will protect me more than a vaccine. <laughs> and he may be right. Did you hear Did you hear about the fact that a volunteer for the COVID-19 vaccine trial died? They died today. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what they call those? And uh, they call them, uh, they, what are they called? Canaries? What, what are the, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the canaries that you put down in the mines to see if there's oh, any uh, methane? And it kills them. What are those birds called? Let's just call them canaries. Dead birds. Dead birds. <laughs> yep, that's what they we, are. I mean, but like we were talking about before, it, you know, it, this is going to be a part of it when you try to get, a, you know, slam out a vaccine in a handful of months. I mean, it is what you, you get what you get. You get what you get. I'm over it. You want? Matter of fact, I got two things of vaccine here. I was going to see if you wanted to try it out. Because you are a little older than me. I'll pass. Okay. Andy, you want to take it? No, I'm good. <laughs> two, <laughs> two things of... What does that even mean? I got two things of vaccine for you. <laughs> two things of vaccine. Yeah. What, so would you would you do the vaccine? If they mandate if they no. mandate the vaccine, are you doing it? No. No. Okay. See, I, I, think, that's, I think that's most people. I, I haven't found uh, not one person say. And, and the great thing is now the swine coronavirus in China could jump out and 
Jump to humans, we're told. Jump to humans. Great. I'm just done eating bacon. <laughs> turkey bacon is the way to go. If they start messing with my turkeys and the bacon <laughs> that they produce, it's over. We're going to be back in a minute, uh, and we're going to talk to Jeff Catton from Intune Entertainment about music and the world he has created, some of which, I guess, I'm still a part of. Direct uh. after these messages. Don't go anywhere. We also have a great conspiracy corner tonight where we're going to tell you about all the fun stuff that's going to kill you. Senior. This might be our last week. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to share that with you. <laughs> we are back. Oh, we can't do the commercial? Well, we can. We got, we're going to have to redo it. I don't want to redo it. It's just, I don't know what's going on, man. I, you know, these technical problems, Andy, are really causing me to really question your abilities. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> this might be our last show. I'm starting to question my abilities as well. <laughs> To throw this I needed, out I the needed just one minute to have these sweaty ass <laughs> headphones <laughs> I, I need adjusted. I know. Jeff. Yes. How are you? I'm great. I'm I bet great. you didn't think you were going to have to sit through all that stuff, did you? No, but it, it's fun. I always know that it's a ride whenever you're sitting by me. <laughs> no, jeez. Did it crash again? Am I, am I right? I don't no. know. Hopefully, this crashes soon again. <laughs> just turn off. You want to bring up the multi-screen for me. So uh, let's start off uh, with what you're doing right now and as we go into history of, of music. But, I mean, you've been doing I'm – I'm, I'm trying to set this up in a way. This is something uh, that you've wanted to do for a long time, and you've been dealing with the music industry in all sorts of uh, facets for probably, what, 15 years? Yeah, Probably 15, 16, yeah. Yeah. Because your first artist was was who? Adam Craig. Right. Well, t- well the band Telluride. The band Telluride. Yes. Um, but even before that, I mean, uh, the... the Oh, Bill, yeah, Bill yeah, Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, Bill Sheffield. Blues guy. Blues guy. Um, so, basically, did you see yourself uh, at this point where you're at when you had Adam for the first time and where you've seen music come to to this point? How, 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 do you, how did you get to where you got to, essentially? <laughs> I mean, you want me to go way back? Well, I mean, as far as being a, you know, people find it interesting about being a manager and and a publisher. And I mean, did you what was what what is it you set out to do first? Was being a manager the the prime goal or being a publisher? What what and and how well, did that I come would, about? I would I would say I mean, the first thing was this. Music was always a big part of my life. Um I managed doctors and dentists i was in the healthcare industry and whenever i had vacations time off that that sort of thing my wife and i we'd go to music festivals and you know i got to meet several artists and become friends with them and and uh there was just one day kind of an epiphany if you will of look i don't want to be 80 years old going woulda coulda shoulda 
Right. And so I took the plunge. I mean, I opened up my own music venue. I, you know, produced some music festivals, got to know additional people in Nashville and, you know, just kind of took the plunge. So that that being said, I mean, I mean, you took the plunge hard too, because I mean, you, you know, you put your money where your mouth is, I mean, on, on your artist, on, on the time, the whole thing, uh, you know, some people, they, they feel like they have a, a knack for talent, finding talent or seeing talent maybe in where they live or they travel a lot and they see what, what, what kind of situation, how, how is it to get involved in music management? I mean, is it one of those things where you like, if you want to make $2 million, you better have a mil- you know, you better have three, you know, like, how- well, uh, I mean, ever it's different for everybody, I think, but I think that, um, you know, originally I had a partner and I didn't know the ins and outs of Nashville and this person did. And, um, uh, but I used, it was my money funding the company, starting into an entertainment right. and funding the company and starting American roots records. And at, there was a certain point cause I was, I was still, I had real estate going on that I was managing. I had, um, dental practices that I was managing and I was trying to get this music thing going. And so I was working stupid hours and, and, um, in essence, basically I was spending a lot of money and somebody else was helping me spend that money. (laughs) So you were married and, and, uh, it just got to the point where I said, you know what I I have to, if I'm going to do this, I'm all in. And so I took the plunge. I mean, I, I, you know, got an office here in, in town and, um, you know, like I said, started American roots Records so we could have uh, a platform to record music and sell CDs out on the road and all that kind of stuff, but also take it to radio and, and all of that. And, um, you know, it just, I was, I was all in. And so I, I moved my, um, day to day away from doing healthcare and real estate and said, okay, I'm going to take this plunge. How do I make that happen? It was very, uh, capital intensive. And so it was like, if you picture the guy spinning, you know, plates at the circus spinning plates, it was that it was, had all these plates going and, you know, at hopefully at some point I could, (laughs) you know, retire one. And, um, Anyway, so that's kind of how it happened, if you will. So, so you know, and what's interesting too is 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 the you know the publishing side of things when it, when you started realizing that that needed to be a part of, of the company, uh, you know, that's done really well for you, right? In, in yes. some regards, I mean, what was your first cut as far as publishing wise? Um, Jason L. Dean, Church Pews and Barstools, and then on and, the on the My Kind of Party album. Jason Aldean. Mm-hmm. And and so what else, what other success have you had with the with the publishing? Um I mean most recently obviously was um Luke Holmes with Hurricane. I mean that's on my publishing uh through Taylor Phillips who is a writer yeah. w- with me. Um a couple of Kane Brown cuts um and I also part of on the management side I managed Jacob Bryant and Jacob co-wrote um out there which was uh on Luke Combs's first record as well. Oh, so that's I had, right. I had two, I had two cuts on, 
Yeah, that was Which, what you played on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, me and Tyler, we did a exactly. We did a thing with that. We did a thing. Yeah. Matter of fact, I we were we were in the studio doing that little video, and and Luke was there, and he had gotten the call from, um, I think it was Riverhouse at the at the time, and he was just going like, "Well, they're asking for this, and they're asking for that, and what do you think, and all that." I mean, it, it was an exciting time for him. Yeah, and he had just been up at um, I do a writers retreat two, three times a, a year up in the mountains in uh, North Georgia. And he had been up there uh, riding with uh, Jacob. And so it was kind of cool. I mean, it was cool to see somebody like that get lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And the way it went. So as far as, as you know, his management and how he got, I mean, you know, a lot of people, uh, especially getting into the music industry, um, what what he, he he had a claim to fame sort of before then he was on vine on vine yep yeah which isn't really around anymore right it's gone no, yeah they no, shut no, it that, down that came and went pretty fast yeah but he but he started his fan base on vine and 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 kane brown was you know he was making facebook facebook video <laughs> i mean he really harnessed the social media stuff exactly. early, early on right early exactly. on that platform yeah. for sure i mean right. kane brown i think that a part of his um a part of his appeal was more of his unique look, wasn't it? I mean, the whole no. I, he, I mean, he had a unique voice, and um, uh, you know the the Facebook video stuff. I mean, in his <laughs> in his bathroom, in his bedroom, um, and he, you know, garnered a, just a great loyal fan base from that. I mean, I remember going to his um, not only his. Um, when he launched his record on Sony, I got invited to that because we, I had a song on there and uh, I remember talking with his booking agents and they were like, I mean, we had no idea if he could sell tickets because it was all online and they booked him in, you know, 300 cap rooms and sold out. And so then they went to 500 cap rooms and kept selling out and the rooms got bigger and you know, it just, it took off insane it was a phenomenon yeah so I mean, I mean just like i mean luke has been a phenomenon too i mean the the music's the music's right. great he's a hell of a writer yeah you know and, and singer for that matter yeah and exactly. i don't say that lightly exactly honestly, because kane brown i don't think uh, you know i don't care mm -hmm. as much for his voice obviously but but luke has got a great voice yeah uh, luke luke combs not bryant because i you know i don't want to get that yes. mixed up um uh, th th that being said so you know what how, as a manager and and somebody that's been doing this a really long time and and to come across people um as successful as as, as those type of people and, and things like that and then you and you and you work jacob and and you realize because you hear this a lot you know the music's you know our music's great or, or jacob's a great singer and he puts on a great show and there's all this kind of things is is if it's not lightning in a bottle if it's not if it's not something that's just a phenomenon um, what are you finding is the way now that people get, you know, have a chance to get, uh, you know, established? Well, it depends. I mean, to me, there's two paths and the, the first thing is, is you have to decide, um, uh, you know, what is it that you're, that you're, what's your goal? I mean, there are plenty of people that have great voices. There are plenty of people that, um, you know, can, can write songs but there are a lot of people that come to Nashville, this one man's opinion, obviously, that, 
you know, think they got to get a record deal and they're going to be a star. And, you know, if, if there's anything short of that, then, you know, they're not a success. Right. And I think in today's world with social media and, uh, you know, that streaming, um, the, the world has changed and, and some would say for the better and some would say for the worse and some would say it's just, you know, it this is what is it, it is. is. Yeah. Right. You got to figure it out. Um, that, that, that's my saying. My wife says, you got to figure it out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit happens. I mean, sorry, no, but, but, um, you know, you got to figure it out. So you go back to, I mean, to me, it, it's, you could go the route of a major label. There's fewer and fewer of those. There's fewer and fewer opportunities and the, the people getting signed for the most part are younger and younger, right? Or you can go the route of, I want, I have to do this because it's in my soul. It's who I want to, it, it, it just, it's who I am. I have to get my music out because it makes me happy. It connects, helps me connect with other people. And you do that for those reasons. And yes, you have to concentrate on building a fan base and all of that. But there are plenty of successful artists these days that don't have major record like, deals yeah. that can sell out, you know, 3,000 seat, 5,000 seat venues and make a heck of a living. Um, and a lot of those people, that, that it's the old fashioned way. I, again, I'm an old dude, but it's grind it. It's press the flesh. It's, you know, every show you're meeting new people and new fans and new booking agents and, and new venues and, um, you know, and, and being able to make a statement with your live performance and the music that you put out on, on the streaming platforms and connecting with your fans. And, um, where do you find it being the hardest? Because most people turn on the radio or their Spotify or whatever the case is. And they just, they're just trying to find music and they're just trying to, you know, use it to listen to music, whether they're partying or for a specific occasion or they're by themselves and they want whatever the case is. You know, you, you speak of these different things that a person has to do, but as far as uh, trying to find it or put it out there in, a, in front of people to try to get uh, some sort of fire burning, I guess would best a good way to put it. Where is that lack? You know, wh wh what is that? You know, because you talk about the phenomenon of like a Kane Brown or a, a Luke Combs, that kind of thing. Was it that he had the right group of people that were sharing and sharing and sharing and it just got bigger that way because there was a, the, the fodder was correct. I mean, how, how does that work in the sense of, I think, I think there's something to yes to, to that. But I also think that sometimes it's just timing. I mean, sometimes I've, I've known plenty of people that have gotten record deals and it, it was a shitty deal because they signed something and they got shelved, you know, because when you sign with a label, if they've got 10 other acts that have songs that are getting queued up. They've only got so much money, right? So you may sit for a year, 18 months. I've seen people sit for two and a half years, even though they got signed, right? So it, it, I think it's different for, for everybody. I mean, if you look at people like uh, Brantley Gilbert, Zach Brown, Cody Johnson, I mean, th those are artists that, uh, again, I did it the old-fashioned way. They built a fan base, a true solid fan base by being out on the road 
and then also releasing consistently good music to engage their fans and have people continue to talk to them about it. And eventually for all of those people, it led them after they built a huge following to get a major record deal. Cause it got to the point where, I mean, if you're Cody Johnson, you're selling 70,000 tickets at the Houston rodeo <laughs> and you don't have a record deal. God dang it. I mean, so at, at some point in time that the point is, is the, you know, the fan, the music doesn't, the music and the performance and the artist and all of that, if you just concentrate on being you, I, I, you know, I think that's a huge thing. And then, I mean, you got to roll up your sleeves and do the work, yeah. but I think the path is different for a lot of, a lot of people. And there's n not necessarily a right way and a wrong way other than being true to yourself as an artist and surrounding yourself with good people and, you know, rolling up your sleeves and doing the work. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, so basically when you say rolling up your sleeves and doing the work, you mean, uh, you do the, all the work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> so what, what, what have you, me and you have been together for a long time, right? I, it, you know, I, 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 know, know I, I understand that. I mean, you've spent a lot of money on me that you're never going to get back. <laughs> I mean, we, we just have to understand that. Uh, right now, uh, uh, that that being said, I mean, you know, I feel like what's really cool with you is the progression of, you know, going from Adam and then me and now Jacob. I mean, you see, you definitely have seen this, this, this growth of being able to navigate music and figuring out like you can't, you got to have a little bit more of a, a pinhole to, to go through that kind of thing. And, and, you know, that's what's kind of cool about this platform. And and I don't honestly, uh, you know, you haven't told me a, a ton about it, uh, but I am excited because our, our song comes out tomorrow, our first one, right? Is it tomorrow? 20? Friday, Friday. Friday. 23rd. Right. Yeah, I should know when that is, but I don't. Uh, um, <laughs> Jeff doing all the work, see? <laughs> I, I told him, I said, I, I hadn't heard from him for about three weeks the other day, and, and I was like, I, I thought my music career was over. <laughs> so what exactly, where did this, this come out of? Because American Roots Records is what I, what I was signed to. And mm -hmm. that was, that was your thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, in tune entertainment, obviously. And now this, and so what is this? Well, I, let's back up. I mean, I think the thing is you have to understand you were asking me about getting into management mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. I had no mentor when I came here, which really would have helped a lot. So it's kind of like you got to, again, my saying you got to figure it out i mean it costs money to to figure it out you know i i got my phd or my master's <laughs> uh and A i paid for them. it yeah. right right i paid for it but at the same time I, I here's the other thing that i that i think um people lose sight of and that is this whole thing is a journey i mean and i know that sounds cliche and all of that but i'm an old uh, old school guy in music from the standpoint of tom petty was my one of my, he's probably my most favorite artist, but I'm into all the old histories of, you know, the Allman brothers and Tom Petty and all that kind of stuff where, you know, people have ups and downs. I mean, Leonard Skinner, my God, you know, people died, right? right? And they had to figure it out and they recreated themselves. And, and, you know, the Allman brothers had all this people dying and drug and all that kind of stuff. The point is, it's it's a life journey. You know, there's nobody that says, 
okay, you have to, you know, quote unquote, be successful and have a number one on the radio by such and such a time. I don't view it that way. I view it as it's, it's a life journey of music. And, and, you know, so from that standpoint, it's always about, to me, the creativity. That's where I get but do you not juice. feel that that you're not able to necessarily feel that way anymore? Because, you know, if you really think about it, the bands that you grew up with and people that the classic rock and all right. that kind of stuff, when you really go back over bands you really loved or or singer that you really loved, they only had five or six songs that you can that you could list off, right? right? That you could remember, right? That when you when you go the best of this person and you get down to about seven, you're like, I never, <laughs> I don't remember that song, I don't remember that song, yeah. And, and now, granted, you might once you hear them, you might remember them and be like, oh, that's a great sure. song, but you don't listen to them. You listen to those four or five songs. And so it really is difficult for me sometimes to listen to people say, oh, I'll put out another song today. And I wrote 14 songs in 14 days. And I'm going to put another song out next week. And and then you got Spotify that's full of people. And it just never ends now. Yeah, like whatever the number is, 60,000 songs a day or something yeah, like that. I mean, that. So, yeah, I mean, so doesn't that make you a little bit sick, for instance, when you got American Dreamer sitting there and there's probably... I'd say out of the 12 songs, at least 13 of them that are number ones, if they would have got out. Right. But, but here's, here's a great example. I'm glad you brought it up because to me, again, it's all part of the journey. So with Jacob, and I'll use him as an example because he's, I spend the most time with him. We put out, a, a, it took us two years to record it. Uh, it was called Practice What I Preached. After five EPs, we did this, this full record. And we put it out in... For a brief time, it was number one on iTunes, but, you know, nobody really, you know, knew it, right, except our fans. And But there were some songs on there that got shared and liked and streamed and all that kind of stuff. And we were fortunate to land on uh, the Country Rocks playlist, three songs. Lo and behold, the head of Universal UK, who happens to be a rock guy, and rock music is still, you know, it's... It's much bigger over there than it is here. Yeah. He he hears it and he, you know, starts up a conversation with me and says, you know, would you be interested in, in doing a, doing something together? I mean, that, that's been out for two years now. But here we are. We're getting ready to do a that album, a deluxe edition, releasing it at the UK. They're putting their radio promotion team behind it. And you know, the songs that are on there are about to get new life. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're, I, I, you know, we, we've here, it, it's, to me, it's always been a, a matter of when and not if for him right. that he's going to get some sort of a record deal. And I worked on this thing for 10 months and of course COVID hit and we had a major uh, liquor sponsor backing the tour. And I mean, all the cards were lined up. And then, you know, the rug got pulled out from under us. But I guess the point is, is that good music is timeless. The, the question is, you know, as you said, sometimes when it comes out, people don't, not enough people hear it. Right. Right. But, and I'll, I'll hold this up because <laughs> you and, I mean, we did, we did this record together and you're right. I mean, I have loved this record forever. I sent this to the guy at the UK. I said, look, I got a guy that I've worked with, love his voice. We, we, we've done some music together. 
you know, and he was like, well, what's he sound like? And I, you know, you got to put parameters out there. Right. So I said, well, you know, Joe Cocker beats Bob Seger. He goes, are you kidding? I was like, no. And he goes, well, there's nothing like that right now. So I sent it on to him. I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, we next time I come back here, we may be talking about something like that. Do you think sometimes, like, uh, I don't know, if there's nothing like that, that can be kind of more detrimental for a person that's trying to get out there no. that's not like that or no. easier? I, I, it's not easier. Right. I, I would much rather, and I remember doing radio tours with you, and, oh we, and, we, and we said this. Oh, yeah. We said this at, at some of the stations. I would much rather have somebody have a voice that is so distinct that you go, holy shit. Luke Bryan. Kermit the Frog. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say Chris Stapleton. Yeah, yeah. You're being serious. But but anyway, so, I mean, to me, it just means that you have to work harder because people, I mean, the masses are controlled by major radio, right? And there's only... 49 or 50 slots or 32, whatever the number is. And you're going to hear that same song for, you know, how many weeks in every market around the United States. But I just, you know, I just think that again, you have to grind it out in the live shows and, and being consistent in music, releasing music because of this, there are some fans and I'll, I'll use again, I'm, I'm I'll use Jacob as an example. He, we put out a song called This Side of Sober. He went through some real tough times, and um, he didn't even write it, but he recorded the song, and we put it out. It was on his very first EP, and two years later, when Facebook changed their, it was one of, I think the first time they started changing their algorithms, we took down the video and then re-uploaded it. I'm, I remember sitting in my office with him, and it, it got shared and it got shared and it got. I mean, it was ridiculous. And that what, thing, what, what, what was that? What did that? You don't know. It, it, well, no, it connected with people who were going through substance abuse. Gotcha. And they were sharing it like crazy. Well, we, we also had a song that he recorded that he had had in his live show called more than one year at a time. The song was about drinking hard, hard living, drinking women, cocaine, the whole thing right and so when we i I was i told him when we put that out i said look i said you're probably going to get some backlash from it and it it, it wasn't as much as i thought but you know there were people who were you know like oh my god you saved me you know because of this song this side of sober what are you doing recording a song like this and he was like look that was a part of my life that's that's what led me to this side of sober and i've been doing it in my live show for you know, three years already. So, but the point is, is that different songs connect with different people and it's like the hook, you know, you hook them in and you go, well, I got to pay attention because I like what he's doing. I mean, not like every song, it goes to your point, Yeah, you know, that not everybody can, you know, name all the songs of whatever favorite artist you have, but there's something that connects with them. And then they find out more about the artist, you know, the history, the, you know, his family situation. Um, you know, are, are they good guys or do they, you know, 
Are they somebody that they should and, be paying but even attention? That to? Is subjective because sure. some people like bad guys. Yeah. Some people like you know when Brantley Gilbert lost fans when he sobered up and you know and and went to the other side and and you know and, and True. turned into a different artist. I mean, it is what it is on that on that aspect. I I just think it's cool how. I think it's interesting, I guess is a better word. People like Randy Rogers and stuff like that that get stuck in certain markets and 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 then people that like Luke Combs or, or Kane Brown that can go worldwide. I mean he did a freaking song with Sorokaba in, in but, Brazil. But you but know, that's the power oh. of major market. I mean, if you've got five hundred thousand to a million per song that you can put behind it and you have to have two more behind that. Yeah. Because if you hit with one then you better have a damn good follow-up. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to lose your momentum. And radio is unforgiving. And it's unbelievable. People like uh, Chris, you know Chris uh, Young, who's got, what, nine number ones and that kind of thing, and the, and the tickets aren't, sales aren't quite there. I mean, it, it is interesting how this game works. And, and, and it really almost looks like people, you know, it's not about people's choice. It's about radio and the record label's choices. And, and right? Because, I mean, how do you have a guy that has nine number ones but can't sell... You know, uh, right, right. You know what I'm saying. So, like, somewhere along the line, this isn't. But the, but then I still I go back to the Brantleys and the uh, Zach Browns and Cody Johnson again. That's the part that you can never take away, and that is if you've done your homework in building a hardcore fan base, regardless of whether or not you're getting radio airplay, they're consuming. It's a you're building your brand. Yeah, they're consuming you know, what you're putting out, you know, what, whatever your brand is. I mean, look at your show. I mean, I, I personally, I, I mean, we joked about it, but I know you love this. I mean, this is <laughs> yeah. I, right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, this is, this is cool stuff for you. I mean, this is like, look, if I'm going to live my life, I want to do something and have fun with it. Yeah. Right. But I also know you still do your corporate stuff. And maybe the path for you is a little bit different, but I still believe, obviously, I believe in your music and, and your uh, talent. And so your path might be a little bit different. And I'm fine with that. As as long as Andy can't go, I'm good with all of that. <laughs> I don't want to go. You can't go. You can't go. Jeff, You, I mean, you. I've always kind of respected the fact that you... Uh, I don't know. You never chewed the bubble gum all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, well, you've had, you got cool taste. I always thought you had oh. cool taste oh. and you've never gone after those artists that are like pandering kind of to the, to the radio sound, you know? I mean, uh, you know, I thought like Sarah Peacock was really cool and uh, everybody that you worked with that I've seen except for Chris, but the, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, do you, you're talking about the journey. Have you found that to be choosing that path and going after the, the more grassroots type of artists to be, a harder journey or were you prepared for a harder journey because of that because of your no no i mean i wasn't prepared for it. but but it's interesting in that when you when you start achieving any amount of success to the outside world people think you have it made mm, right? right perception and, right and i'll get you know whatever the number is but you know every week i'll get inquiries of you know are you looking for new artists you know are you you know, is American Roots Records signing anybody? Is Intune Entertainment looking for somebody else to manage? And I'm fortunate that I'm at this point in my life where, which leads me to this kind of stuff, but I, I get to do what I want to do. Yeah. And and it's not about, to me, it's not about money, although nobody, everybody wants to make money and make as much of it as they can. But to me, it's more about the create. That's where, 
I mean, the most fun is, and I, I saw it in your eyes when we went back in, and we, I mean, we, you hadn't been in the studio, at least with me. No, for a long time. In a long time. And, I mean, you go in, and it's, you know, you're taking a, a guitar or piano scratch song, and you're sitting down with some amazing musicians, and away you go. And by the time that's all done, I mean, to me, that's the most fun about this whole business. And, you know, the, the managing side sucks. Um, you know, you're always the last, last one to get paid. You're working your ass off. But, you, you know, to answer your question on with independent artists and, and that sort of thing, it's so many people just don't understand. And, you know, the, the typical thing is a young artist, well, I need a manager. Well, no, you don't. You, you know, right. You, you need you, content. You need, you need, <laughs> exactly. You need good content. You need good, good songs. You need your live show needs to be better. Um, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, so you're not in the business of directing anybody in their content really either. You're finding guys who already have the content and are, and something that you believe in and then helping them along the way. Well, y yes. Helping them along the way. I mean, uh, when I was, uh, in high school, I remember my my mom asked, well, what do you want to do when you grow up, you know? And, uh, uh, if you knew my, my high school situation, she was like, when the hell are you going to grow up? But, uh, you know, I always wanted to be like a consultant. Okay. And, and she was like, well, what do you want to do that? And I said, you know what? I think it's like this. I think if you help enough people get to where they want to go, you know, help them from, you know, figuring out what their dream is and help them along the way, then you'll find success as, as well. And, and being a part of that. And, and I think I'm, you know, I'm fortunate that I can pick and choose, you know, where to spend my time and money. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I get a lot of satisfaction over that, you know, now Susan, my wife, not so much. She's, <laughs> she's still going, okay, now, I mean, we need more of that going this way as opposed to going, going the, other way. the other way. You know? I mean, is it is it kind of started to become a nice pace or is it still? No, it is. And and again, I'll use Jacob as an example. But I mean, for the the listeners and stuff, um, you know, you have to understand how hard it is as a as an independent. I mean, up until you know, and I've been working with him six years. I mean. I'm his label, I'm his manager, I'm his publisher, I'm his tour manager, I used to drive the bus, and I used to do his merch. And the reason I did all that was because there was only so much money coming in, and I could control the money and figure out, okay, we had enough money to, whatever, hire a publicist because, you know, this single's coming out, or do another video and we want to spend a little bit more money on this video and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, and I, right. I, I switched careers at whatever it was, 52, <laughs> age 52. So just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, everybody always makes fun of you. Always. Every, every time you go into someplace and people are like, Oh, I want to drive the bus. And you're like, no, you don't, man. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you don't do. want to ride the bus or drive the bus. You don't want to even ride, ride, the, bus. ride yes, the bus. That's yes, right. And yes. any socks you find, put them down. <laughs> yeah. Put them down. Gross. Uh, gross. Uh, oh, my God. That's so gross. <laughs> so what is this? 
All right. So my, my latest venture um, is called. Can you see that? That is not for me, by the way. This uh, no, shirt is definitely it's, it's, not it's for a me. Little, it's a little small. I grabbed one as on the way out, but uh, it, it's a Spotify. Well, it's a, it's a music and lifestyle brand. Marshals of the Revolution. Live by the golden rule. I mean, all this stuff that you were talking about earlier with the political situation, all that. I mean, I get, on the one hand, I get tired of, of watching all this stuff on TV. I mean, you, you know, it just inundates you about how screwed up the world is. And I was trying to think of something that, you know, some old dude could make a statement with. And to me, it's like, just go back to the basics, live by the golden rule, treat other people how you would want to be treated. That's all I'm, I'm trying to do here. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well then you, you need a vehicle to, you know, to do that. So I said, okay, we'll do a little, uh, lifestyle brand. We have t-shirts, hats, and, you know, bandanas and all that kind of stuff. But we also have a Spotify, uh, playlist. And the idea behind the playlist is to have authentic, independent artists that most of them are people that I've worked with. You're on there. Right. Thank God. Um, I think there's probably three of your songs on there, but, um, and, and it just, it's another vehicle where I can do my thing. I mean, it's like, look, I, I'm at a point in my life when I'm like, look, I'm going to do the things that I love to do. I, I'm doing this and doing this and stuff like that because I can, because I live in America and I want to do that. And I've, I've, I've put myself in this kind of a position that I can spend my time and my money on things that I want to do. And, you know, uh, so what is, so you just on Spotify, you just looked that up as marshals of the revolution. Marshals of the revolution. Yeah. And, 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 and I, you know, we, we add songs to it. Your, your music, your new music as it comes out will be added to that uh, playlist. I just, you know, and then, and there's also leverage in numbers. So, you know, there might be uh Vaughn kiss and the dark horses. I mean, they're on there. Um, you know, Eric Lee Bedingfield. I mean, he's got oh, a song yeah. on there. So you can cross-pollinate your fan bases and go, oh, well, this guy's kind of cool. And it's it's country rock and roots rock. Um, it's, it's not old school, traditional country. I mean, I, I'm a guitar guy. I mean, if you listen to a lot of Jacob's stuff, um, and his producer is the Jesse Triplett, lead guitar player for Collective Soul. So, I mean, I just, anyway, so it leans rock. Gotcha. Root, roots rock and country rock and uh so anyway well that's that's my freaking jeff cat that's, that's my what, latest we're, thing. we're releasing uh other side of the ground on friday it'll yep. be coming out and then you go to marshals of the revolution yep on uh spotify, spotify. Mm-hmm. and is it so is it on just spotify not apple or anything like that it's just so far just on spotify gotcha it, that that's the rest of that's coming gotcha. and then i mean we have a website and everything and you're one of the featured artists on that do you hear that andy mm-hmm. i'm featured that's He's great. Featured. Yes. I'm so you, a featured artist. You got a good bass player on there too. Yeah. yeah. What, what was his name? <laughs> Luciano. <laughs> yeah. Lucky that's Lu- all the, the Lucky so the Lu- stuff that's getting released tomorrow is uh the stuff we were tracked at that in that warehouse, right? That's correct. Yep. That's other side of the ground. Oh, nice. Is the first one. Cool. Which I'm not sure why you did that because it's about uh dying of covid. Dying of covid. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> well, we have we have five new tracks. Think about this. We have five new tracks. And again, I'm trying to get him back into the 
you know, releasing music on a more consistent basis. That's mm-hmm. really, and so we just picked that one. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, it they're all good. good. They're all good. No, I mean, they really are great. You know, again, six songs, seven <laughs> of them are number ones. You're going to be a star. You're going to be a star. We'll be right back. Let's try this again. We might see you in about three seconds. <laughs> all right. Sponsors of How Valid is the Validity. Audison, car stereo, innovation at its finest. Guidance Whiskey. Look for guidance. Sony, make believe. Aurora Nutriscience with liposymol. Better vitamins for a better you. Verdoliac Law Group. Injured? Call us. Even if we can't help, we can find someone who can. Hertz. Car and Marine Audio Sound Systems. Hey, this is Jared Neiman, and you're listening to How Valid is the Validity. All right, so, uh, Jeff. Yes. Um, Marshals of the Revolution. Mm-hmm. I was going to, you know, I was going to, um, I'm not sure how to how to talk to you about this next stuff. <laughs> oh, God. Because, well, I'll tell you what. Let's just roll it. It's Conspiracy Corner. We're going to go ahead and do Conspiracy Corner. I don't, have you, right. you know what this is? You've heard at least one of these? Yes, I've okay. heard one. So, Conspiracy Corner. Here's the I, every week, I, uh, uh, is it scathe? Scathe the internet? Yep. Scoured. 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 Yes. That's what I meant. Scathe is, uh, means, uh, it's, scathing. That, that's what I had in high school. Scathe. <laughs> Scathies. Scathies. You Scoured the internet. Yeah. Hey, you can't pick your friends, but you can pick their nose, Jeff. Okay. You can pick their nose. Uh, So I scoured, scoured the internet. And I I found uh, this interesting lady uh, from, there's this thing called Conspiracy Con. Okay. This is a real thing. It's called Conspiracy Con. Uh, And I found, I found this woman uh, and I'm like, I always get interested when I find people that talk about conspiracies when they find things off of like the NASA website or the FBI website or the CIA website. You know, it's like it's on the website, this crazy shit that nobody can believe. And you're like, okay, wait a minute. If nobody was supposed to know this, it wouldn't be on. It wouldn't be on the NASA website. Conspiracy con, a convention, kind of like Comic Con or anything. Is that what that is? Same thing. Well, con, con, con. What did I say? Com? Con. I thought you said con. Yeah, con. That's right. Just like con is like a Comic-Con. conference. Yeah, yes. conference. Yeah, that's what it is. Convention, conference. Right. So, meaning though that, uh, like Comic Con. So it's like a big so event. bunch of conspiracy theorists come come together and, get, and they, talk about all the cons- all exactly. these conspiracies. So, okay. So I'm like, okay, play the first clip and and then <laughs> play the first. Right. Clip. <laughs> this is Trevor Coppola for Anthony J. Hilder. I'm with uh, Deborah Tavares, and we're going to discuss a few topics here. Already, I should stop right here 
and just probably not watch any more of this, right? <laughs> because it looks like they're getting ready to shoot a porno, uh, right? The, one, the, the, the MILF, uh, you know, or, or grandma or whatever the case is. Oh, the stepmom, yeah. The ste- no, well, yeah. Ste- <laughs> it looks like he's about to take that microphone and go to places that no, man has never gone before. So I'm like, okay, screw it. I'm going to watch it. You know, it's she's holding this NASA piece of paper up. I'm like, I got I to gotta see it. So play the second clip. The significance of this NASA war document that was found on the NASA website and the need to urgently get this out in front of many, as many people as possible because of the content of this document. Document that actually is a PowerPoint presentation by Dennis Bushnell, the chief NASA scientist at the Langley Center. Okay, so she references this Dennis Bushnell. Okay, so here's what she's holding. She's holding this. It's right. called The Future Is Now. This was Oh, written. you printed it out. I you, printed you out went and found it's it. It's 97 pages. Oh. So I printed out some of it. Okay. Um I'm going to explain to you and you're going to see in a minute while why some conspiracies are sort of what they seem to be. I will say this. I would say conspiracies are some val- there's some validity to the to them. Okay. So but this one had a name. And so she she's pinpointing this is this was on NASA's website. Blah blah blah. Dun dun dun. Meow, meow, meow. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. Pay attention. All right, let's do that. Let's set it. I didn't know you had that. Let's set okay. that up again. This was on Jeff, this was on NASA's website. <gasps> um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so she's talking about this, Dennis Bushnell. So I'd look him up. Okay, but before before I do that, I, I'm watching her a little bit more. So let's just one more clip with her real quick. What brought my attention to it and immediately rang some uh, uncomfortable realizations was when I first when we first came across it, it says on the website, future strategic issues, future warfare circa 2025. I was a little stunned on page four. It said the presentation is based in all cases upon existing data, trends, analysis, technologies. No pixie dust. So no pixie dust, meaning like th- this is all real. This was in 2000 and I think it was 2001. I think this Ooh, was. That's pretty old. Well, here's the deal. <sighs> that's back before the social media boom, all that. Yeah, but I, I gotta I gotta be honest with you. There's something that I'm holding right here that it, that has been verified. Uh, that is probably one of the of all the stuff that I've done with Conspiracy Corner and all the things we've talked about with the Rockefeller Center and the Bilderberg and all that kind of stuff. This was the Bilderberg's first paper done done by that group. Okay, that was accidentally found, and we'll get into that. So I go and look up Dennis Bush Bushnell. I want to know who wrote this thing, and 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 why is he saying that things like uh, that that in the future they're going to capture and torture Americans and put it on prime time, right? That that was something that is in this thing. Humans have taken over and vastly shortened evolution, meaning that we're evolving so quickly. We've done so well as a being. That we're that what should take thousands of years to progress and become that we're doing it in in hundreds of years or sometimes less than that, especially in the realm of technology, where 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 
human cyborgs are really something that is going to happen. Right now, you know, they put amoebas inside robotic fish. Mm. And so the amoebas able to figure out how to use the body of the fish to do whatever it wants to do in the fish. So they they they're going they're putting implanting people in chips hearts the whole thing. I don't know how that tastes. Probably uh, probably crunchy, <laughs> crunchy. Probably you probably want to blacken it. Probably want to blacken. Uh, a genetic engineering before birth. So this was all stuff that was talked about years and years ago, and and, and stuff that was supposed to happen circa twenty twenty five. So five more years. Dust that mechanically went into the lungs and executes different patholo- pathological missions. They called it micro dust. Uh, the, the the chewy chewy or I'm sorry choo choo was a fish plant eating robot that hunts bio digest and bio uh, that hunts bio digest natural foods to live off the land the guy that invented it said he was worried about robots eating human beings this is all in this thing hmm. okay play the first clip with Dennis this this is the guy this is Dennis Bushnell talking I don't think so. It's got to be. It's got to be a software issue. And I mean, it just didn't happen until we did the update. Well, you know, that's what happens when you use freeware software. That's no, true. I love OBS. I don't know. Here we Way go. Back. Here's here's a clip. All right, please. Uh, it's not just climate. The entire ecosystem is crashing. Uh, we have freshwater problems, deforestation, pollution, fish stocks, on and on and on. Uh, essentially, there's too many of us. We've been far too successful as the human animal. Uh, people allege we're short 40 to 50 percent of a planet now. As the Asians and their billions come up to Western living standards to try to, and they're trying to at a very rapid rate, we're going to need, people tell me, three more planets. Uh, if NASA terraform Mars, which would take us about 120 years, that's only one planet. We need three more very shortly. So this business of econometrics based upon growth, uh, I don't think the ecosystem is going to allow that. We're going to have to go to sustainability, and that has very interesting implications going Okay, so this guy obviously was nice enough to take his shell off, put on a suit, <laughs> and, and come out and talk to people about. Okay, so point my point my point is that this guy is not a mass killer globalist trying to kill everybody. He is actually a part of this thing called State of the Future. Okay, and State of the Future uh, is a book that's been coming out since around uh, 1997, which is this group, and and we've there was a man that, that does a lot of Ted talks and, and speaks all across the world, basically talking about how good the world is doing and then also how bad it's doing and how to fix these certain things. So there's this Institute that, that that's working on that. This is where it gets a little bit strange. So this guy is the guy that wrote this paper. This was in 2014 where he's talking now. He, there's no question about it. The, the conspiracy of the fourth industrial revolution, which have you ever heard of, the, of what that is? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So the fourth industrial revolution is basically the melding of men to robots. That's the big, there's other parts of it, but essentially uh, it's, it's men becoming robots or people becoming robots and really not knowing the difference between the two is a big part of it. And robots taking over most of what human beings do. He talks about that. I play uh, on the second clip here. Um, he talks about something that I found very interesting and something that people talk about and think about, which is we have all this 97% of the earth is ocean. Why can't we use any of this water? Play that clip. 
Uh, and then the fact that 44% that of the land worldwide is wasteland and deserts, and 97% of the water is seawater, and seawater contains 80% of the nutrients to grow plants. So if we did something fairly straightforward, like uh, taking a good chunk of the Sahara, you plow it up, you irrigate it with the Mediterranean, and you grow uh, biomass, you could grow enough biomass without touching fresh water and food and all the rest of it, enough biomass to replace all the fossil carbon, to produce enough petrochemical feedstock for all the plastics, and grow an awful lot of food, because these halophytes are food-producing plants too. Uh, and uh, if we did... So... What he's saying there is that they're halophytes and I want to say neophytes, but that's not right. The 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 land and sea plants that eighty percent of the uh, ocean uh, right now has eighty percent of the nutrients that is needed to basically do what we do on land. So forty four percent of the earth is made up of deserts and wasteland and things of that nature. And so they're talking about irrigating the ocean into these wastelands and then creating essentially the ability for us to use them to 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 live because. In this, well, and something else he says is that if we sustain and keep going at the rate we're going, we'll need three Earths. So Mars is a hundred years away, right? And so we're we're screwed, basically, essentially, right? It's Xenu, right? There's a, we we have. To me, this is the kind of thing that makes me realize. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, thought, uh, I was going to look at no, Jeff, but I mean, I but but the point I'm making is that some <laughs> something drops us off here. I'm sorry, I didn't, you know, I didn't even put that together until just now. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So that being said, we, there's something other than there's some entity dropping us off on another planet to then take our life into another another place. So they, are they talking about using uh, using the water to uh, grow more plants on, on land or he, using he's saying nutrients? That, no, grow no, crops. Yeah. Grow everything that we need uh, water to do, uh, including uh, call uh, you know crafting new land. So don't they say that like the big challenge to that is like desalination, right? And, well, sure, and that's like because I mean that's been a question for a long time is why can't we drink the but you can ocean water? and they do that now in California and and places in California so and on it. the coast you they're actually drink you know they're making turbines that that desalinate the water okay it's a desalination desalinate the water desalinization to, to to where people can drink it okay I, that that part i don't think is the problem anymore uh the issue becomes you got to clean the oceans right that, that some of that but 97 percent of the earth is ocean so when they talk about the amount of plastics and, and junk that's in it you really don't know what percentage of the water that is because i've heard different numbers that at some point in time in the next 15 years if we don't get this plastic situated throughout the oceans, that there's going to actually be uh, more plastic than on in the ocean than on the on the on the earth. Wonder if all that plas plastic is starting to raise the like displacement, starting to raise the. It's the ocean it levels. creates different uh, deoxygenated. You know where they talk about uh, places where the oxygen oxygen shrinks in water, and you see all the fish that die, like in Louisiana and the Gulf yeah, Coast. Yeah. That happens all the time. Uh, it's it's creating those those types of situations. Hmm. There's actually a kid uh, out of uh, I, I think it's I want to say Denmark or Switzerland or some uh, hell, it might be Australia. So it's really close. Uh, but the, he, he's like 18 <laughs> years old. He's like 18 years old, and he uh, he's created this huge. Uh, apparatus that cleans. Yes, I see. Yep, it's unbelievable. Yes, and and he's like nineteen yeah. years old. Yeah, I've you know seen. he's been working on this since he was seventeen. It's a this has come to fruition. Yeah, the first one they put out uh, broke, 
and 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 they and they took it out, and then it took about two years to create the new one, which became bigger and better, and it were it's been working fine. This is the thing that gathers that's correct shit up yep. off that's the, correct yeah yeah not off the floor, just the stuff that's off floating the sur- surface right? right. But 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 that being said, I mean if you you can look it up on Google on on the, on maps, there oh, are two there. well in the Pacific, uh, in the northern part of the Pacific, there are two garbage land masses because apparently all the ocean water circulates to these two areas at some point in its in its in its journey and there is two land masses the size of texas of just nothing but garbage in these two places. oh right right yeah it's crazy yeah it, it's, it's crazy so one of the thing he talks about too is is the fact that you know that we they are really trying to lose fossil fuels get rid of fossil fuels altogether and and, and trying to make it to where the industries, because essentially what you're doing, and, and we've talked about this before, that the, the, the U.S. debt is tied to gas and is, t- is tied to oil mm-hmm. through through something called the petrodollar, mm-hmm. which I've never never heard of, which nobody heard of. It was it, Nixon? It was Nixon administration that started this with the Saudi Arabians in 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 the 70s, uh, in the in the late 60s or uh, early 70s. That essentially. This is why the United States is is able to go into trillions and trillions and uh, dollars in debt more than any other country is because all oil is paid for using dollars hmm. and, and then and then is reinvested back in the United States by the Middle East. Really interesting if you ever want to take a look at that. Point being, and, and going to this because Craig loves when I say point being, uh, is, <laughs> is the other thing that people worry about, and that's, let, go ahead and play that last clip um, about medicine. Well, well IBM, IBM took the Watson machine, which won Jeopardy, and they've now applied it to medicine and what we're learning from that experiment and others is that telemedicine is very interesting because it turns out the machines know far more than the individual practitioner. And what we get out of the telemedicine is much better prevention, much better diagnosis, and much better treatment at much lower cost. So this all is, and if you take the time, I'll, I, I'll actually, I'm actually going to make the clip of just him talking at this conference because it, it is truly interesting. The what I'm the point I tried to make with this whole thing about the Bushnell situation, as far as conspiracy corner goes, is that you go to a place like Conspiracy Con and you find a woman and a man that obviously is a vampire, and so he's he's saying, you know, we're we're here with this woman that you know is is probably very old, and she's trying to make a big deal out of out of this, right? She's putting this up, and she's saying, oh my God, that you know they're trying to kill us a hundred percent. Everybody, this guy's not trying to kill us. These people are not trying to kill us. Now, even though NASA is directly related to Jeffrey Epstein and Genzel and that whole thing, even though NASA is related to that whole group, the Rocket Boys and the Genzel and the Maxwell family, and, and there is some part of the deal here, which if you don't know that the woman that Jeffrey Epstein was directly related with that's in prison right now that also, on a sidebar, the, a judge just said that those records that she was trying to keep sealed are not going to be sealed and they will be opened. Mm. So we will get to see damn near everybody that flew on that plane. It's going to, there are going to be some deaths coming soon yes. to a theater <laughs> near you. Yes. Uh, point being is that the Maxwell, her dad um, was the one that started the, the Pegram press that began scientific journals that began the rocket boys that, that began NASA. Mm. Okay. So, this this idea behind globalism and 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 uh, people, you know, the whole idea behind globalists is they are trying to shrink the population, and so 
it gets interesting because he works for NASA and he's a part of that group. But this group specifically, their whole thing, the whole thing is about really how to fix the problems of people living on the planet, not to kill them, but to understand that that a part of this is people are going to die and that, you know, over things they probably shouldn't and that kind of thing. And that at some point in time, we are thinking a hundred years behind because there are technology is becoming so advanced that somebody in a tree in the Amazon forest is able to get on a cell phone and get on the internet. Meaning that somebody that really wants to hurt somebody, a terrorist that, that maybe wouldn't have had access to get outside of, of his area of this one place, for instance, to hurt other people on a mass on a mass level will be able to create and make a nuclear weapon and take it someplace and get it someplace else. Things that we've never had to think of because there was a time in the United States where we didn't have to worry about war coming to the United States. Sure. But now all that's gone and nanotechnology and how much and how cheap it is to, to make missiles and to, and to travel and all that kind of thing. This is, if you have, if, if take a look at the foreword of this book. It's called State of the Future. The last one was written in 2017, and it does. It talks about how people have progressed, life expectancy. People are drinking more clean water. That's causing the water tables to go down. People are buying water. The you want to think that you want to know the crazy part. You know what the biggest industry in in the world is right now that that is that has to be that has to be fought is organized crime. Hmm. So on a, on a, on a, on a AI scale, meaning picture what the mafia did in Chicago and in New York, but on a level where somebody could sit in China and do the same thing logistically across the world. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it is a $13 trillion industry. And then you throw on top of that bribes. So what makes that, what what is so weird about that is that all these people that are getting arrested right now that were working with China. So when we come out with the, with the, the, the plane that nobody could see and then China come out with their plane that nobody could see almost a handful of years later after that information was taken and then delivered to the Chinese, hmm. we don't know. You don't know who is who. You don't know who's working for who, and you don't know who that that there are. It's it that they know of one point three trillion dollars of of what's it called bribery with with executives and government officials across the world, right? All over the world. What makes a big deal about that is that during this whole CDC thing and and the World Health Organization was the, the guy that was uh, the head of the health World Health Organization was directly related to China. Right, right. So, you know, people, the one thing I will say about right now that is different that I've ever seen in my entire life is that these things are starting to connect and they're starting to connect in a way that isn't conspiracy. It doesn't even feel like a conspiracy. It's like, you did that. This actually happened. There's video. We got it on your cell phone. People saw it and they tweeted about it where information may have took years sometimes for people to tell somebody that could write about it and get it into a place where people could see it. And then you weren't sure by the time it got there. Now, don't, I mean, almost instant, almost if somebody Hmm. in Africa puts out the right video 
that thing is on everybody's desktop the next day mm-hmm. because of being shared. Mm-hmm. So somebody in Africa that never, never could never talk in, in, in Madagascar, let's say, that could never speak to the world or even knew it existed outside of that place has a cell phone with internet on it and could take a picture. And if it's somebody, you know, getting their head sliced off or whatever the case is, a blood diamond, you know, whatever, the, whatever it is could be out tomorrow. Well, would, could, wouldn't it say, wouldn't that kind of imply that if the easier it is to do the crime, the easier it is to get caught then, I guess, right? I mean, yes and no. You think that well, until these rappers. <laughs> the rappers are government right now, our government officials. Get away with murder and we're watching yes, it. Literally. How, how do you vote for Biden right now? I don't care if you hate Trump or not. How do you vote for Biden right now? With a clean conscience, after you just called Trump a racist and a liar and a hate monger and all this crap, when all that the Democrats have done for the last four years is make this guy look like a turncoat, a piece of shit, a, a traitor, a, a working with collusion with the Russians, and basically just to keep it all, the heat off of them, because they've been doing it all. The, they've been doing it. They were the ones doing this whole thing. Right. How do you vote for that guy right now? It's going to be an interesting two weeks. Play that Joe Buck clip. And this is oh, the yeah, thing. You're yeah, not voting great. for Joe Biden. Yeah, this is great. These are Freudian slips. So this is, the, yeah, this is off the... Off, off the... Right, they think the microphone's off. Okay. Welcome to Big Noon Saturday. That's a lot of jet fuel just to do a little flyover. That's your hard-earned money and your tax dollars at work. That stuff ain't happening with Kamala Biden ticket. I'll tell you that right now, partner. 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 Hey, happened with Kamala. <laughs> he doesn't even say Biden Harris. Kamala. Kamala. That's her first name. Yeah. Her her first name and his last name. Have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, I've never seen anything like it. The 25th Amendment, they're trying to get passed and she and, and let me tell you something do yourself a favor you want to see something interesting watch when that passes that 16 board so basically what she wants to do is make a board using the 25th amendment of 16 people of past presidents older scientists and then one chair that's non-biased whatever that means now yeah you know and she wants to be able to to um decide on the president's ability to govern and whether or not the president should then pass that on to the vice president. That wasn't for Trump's COVID. No, that's that, that that's, that was in there for Biden's mysterious brain tumor. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Trump, let's say Trump does get elected then. Oh, lucky me. I have it. It's there. It's there. It's there. But you have to, at this point in time, there is no, so we go back to what you said earlier, a hun, uh, you know, the, the, the FBI Trump's known about this. Somebody, while we were all out there going, Trump's losing it, Trump's losing it, he's, his cabinet's gone, he, he's lo- every day somebody, no. Th- this was the most well-orchestrated delivery of information at calculated times that I've ever seen since the presidency of the West Wing. It's only just beginning. There's a lot more to come, right? Well, I, I, at this point in time, laying out the child pornography and the and the child trafficking out of China with the Hunter thing, I mean, this is all laying on Hunter Hunter's lap. Mm-hmm. They're 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 not going after Joe Biden directly. They're using his son and his crap to go after Joe Biden indirectly. 
because if you go after Biden directly, it, it, it nobody's going to cover it. You're the bully. Well, no, nobody's going to cover it uh, right well. now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when you look at what he talks, when, when people have asked him uh, in the media about his relationship with his son and, and then also the money and all that kind of thing, it's just this, it, it's this quick, I'm out. Or, right, I, you know, I'm right. just, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about, there's no basis for it. No basis, sir. 27,000 emails on, on, on hard drives left at some dude's shop in the middle of Delaware that, that, you know, please something is, and then we're going to throw in the sex ring. And I mean, th- these people, they've been having a really good time and Obama, I mean, just getting a slobber by that ugly dude. He's a good looking guy. He could have got, you know, he could have at least upped his game a bit. My favorite part was, can you play that clip again? Which one? I was snorting and rubbing thighs. Uh, I think that was the... That was the first one. Okay. Yeah, play that first because one. Because the last words when he says, I performed oral sex on if you could, okay, Obama. If you could... That is insane. The, so the se- if you would have watched that longer, you, you, he, he continues on to say, and then the next morning, I, I, I got a knock on my door, and there's Obama wanting seconds, and he's got drugs. <laughs> And and I performed fellatio again on President or on Barack Obama at a Comfort Inn and Suites in, <laughs> in South Side of Illinois. At a comfort Inn <laughs> in the back behind a Comfort Inn. <laughs> no, they had rooms. They had rooms. Oh, I mean, you know how room, nice those rooms are with the the flowered comforters and the tan tan walls behind the dumpster next door at the Denny's. So, <laughs> <laughs> did you want to watch that clip again or no? No, better right. not. I'd rather just make fun of it. I, I think so. So <laughs> to end to this conspiracy corner, this this is what I got to say. This, this is some scary. This is scary. This is called the Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, an introduction programming manual operation research technical manual. Manual. Okay. What is what is so scary about this? It's kind of weird. So this has been authentic, uh, authenticated by four different technical military intelligence writers. Uh, one who recently retired who wants very much to have this manual distributed. Okay, so here, here's the issue. This thing was found in 1986 um, when an employee of Boeing Aircraft Company purchased a surplus of IBM copiers for scrap parts at a sale. He discovered inside detailed plans hatched to uh, in the embryonic days of the Cold War, which uh, which called for control of masses through manipulation of industry, people's pastimes, education, and political learnings. Mm-hmm. This thing was written, dated in 1979, and then brought forth from information from 1946. So in 1969, at the Rockefeller Center, uh, a science by the name of John Day did this presentation, and basically in this presentation talked about how globalist we're trying to get the pop world population down to, it was something like 7 million, right, um, people. And that they had found a cure for cancer that was never going to be released. That they were going to um, make sex so uh, obtuse and so decentralized uh, from p- families and and p- creating a creation of a family. It was going to be more about gender and you know how and and being home home uh, homosexual and that kind of thing they were going to basically make it to where everybody could have sex with anything or anybody they wanted and they were going to take the family and disintegrate it into nothing all of this has been accomplished right so 
there have been defectors from the Soviet Union talking about how they were part of the uh, the awakening and, and beginning of communism in the United States in the, in the 50s uh, and how that they what they wanted to happen with communism and social, socialism in the United States, they couldn't have imagined that it went as good and as fast as they they, they thought. Uh, in 19, and this was in the 80s. Have you ever seen the show The Americans? Yeah. Heard about it? Y- yes. Yeah. I know where it is. He's also, that main guy, by the way, is playing Perry Mason on, on an HBO special. I, I, pretty I, I saw that. So in 19... Here's what's really... This is where, where it gets a little bit weird because... I don't know if you understand or have heard, I guess, the, the obviously the technology that came after World War II was ridiculous, right? It, it really ushered in. We, we became more advanced after World War II than we had up literally up until that point in history, okay? Mm-hmm. The invention in 1946 of the electric computer so uh, and the transistor which reduced space and power requirements. So the beginning of the computer, that these people, these globalists, the Bilderberg, which started in the 40s, which is where this came from, began in the 40s, meaning they were already understanding the progression of computers and how they were trying to integrate them with human beings. I don't mean integrate them as in this computer is a machine and it's sitting here with me. I mean, literally, where that machine, they're going to stick it right up my places. <laughs> they were already thinking about that in the 40s. Uh, the quiet war was declared an international elite and meeting held in 1955, saying that basically that people are, as people become smarter and more, and more intelligent to what's going on around them, that they have to change the way they do business banks and global elites like Rockefellers and, and those type of people. They, they talk about us as, as, as cattle. And so people who will not use their intelligence are no better than animals who do not have intelligence. Such people are beasts of burden and stakes on the table by choice and consent. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and, and just the, the last little bit of stuff, uh, when a silent weapon is applied gradually, the public adjusts, adapts to its presence and learns to tolerate its encroachment on their lives until the pressure, psychological and economic, becomes too great and they crack up. Essentially well, what people in New York and California are doing. Yes. How much tax can you take from somebody before they and, say... And, and control. And control. Just control your, your living. You, you will do this... You have to do this. Or you will not live here. Exactly. Yeah. And and a lot, of, a lot of people are leaving. Well, and let me tell you what else. And and I, I think that uh, that last line is the automatic truth because, Andy, play, uh, we'd like to go on a clip right now that I like to call Who Let the Crazies Out? Directly related. Listen, you are the people in history they warned us about. They warned us about people like you. Pay attention. We're losing our democracy. Wake up. Wake up. 
<laughs> oh, you gotta let it play till at the end. Oh, oh. I, I thought that was it. Want me to play the end? No, I just like my. I made a new a new thing for my a new transition. Well, you know, play it again. Play the beginning and then come out of it. Who let the crazy people out? And then you go like this. <laughs> if you get a chance uh, to to read that, uh, I, I want to go into more of it, but it's, there's just no point. It's too much. But it's the war with silent weapons. Uh, silent, silent. What is that called? Silent but deadly weapons. Well, no, I've been doing that for years. Oh. Yeah, my dog. Jesus, pancakes kill you. Silent weapons for quiet wars. If you can find it, and then this NASA, this is pretty interesting because Jeff, there's this one part in here, and I'll end on this. But there's this one part uh, describing human beings as, uh, as uh, let's see, where's that? It, we we are we are uh, large, heavy, tender, and slow, physically and mentally. I was like, God, that's, that's I don't know what you are, Jeff but what Catton. am I? Jeff, yeah, that's Jeff yeah. Catton. So that's conspiracy corner. Thought it was pretty good. Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, it gives you food for thought and something to go see, but this stuff's happening, and you better for, know that for you're real. Get, yeah, I mean, you're going to get a chip somewhere on you or in you, and at some point in time in your life, probably. I think that eventually, what's going to happen is cancer patients, especially, are going to get chipped, and they're they're going to start with disease to chip you because they talked about it with COVID. Basically, if you have something and they want to monitor your system. They want to monitor how the medicine's working or that kind of thing. They're going to chip you. Right. And that's going to be a way that you're going to be like, is it going to keep me alive? Then chip me to death. Chip me all over. Chip. And they will. And they will. And that's that's the key, right? That's what they're going to tell you is that this is going to save you. It's going to, I mean, again, I go back to, I go back to the Patriot Act, which now there's the Patriot Act 2.0. Essentially, 9-11 let us go, come on in. Yeah. You know, and there you got poor Jared stroking it to, to kids and all he wanted was a sandwich. <laughs> Jeez. All he wanted was a sandwich. <laughs> all he wanted was a sandwich. And don't forget to go to chrisweaverband.com or how valid is the validity. And at the top, you're going to go see a uh, contest application. Hit that and subscribe and fill out a little bit of information there and subscribe to the to the website. And your name is going to go in for uh, our giveaway for a $5,000 car stereo system with uh, Hertz, Audison, and Sony, and Electromedia. And we're also giving away window tent and we're going to put the thing in for you as long as you're close to a, a Hertz, Audison dealer or we'll just send you the stuff and good luck. Uh, <laughs> i got to so show you, you something first. What? Where the just save him. I'm going to need content for next week. Play it again. Play it again. One more time. Okay. Play it again. Oh man, I wish I had more time that I could sit around when I heard something like that. I could piece those things together. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, God that's, dang, that's funny. Yeah, that, yeah that's some good ones, man. Oh, yeah, my God. That is funny. So, also, I, I will say this. Uh, anybody that listens to the show, podcast or, or live, uh, if you uh, email us that you want some uh, at HVVcast.com, or H, it's Weaver at HVVcast.com. Weaver at HVVcast.com. If you email me and say, I want some of those vitamins, we'll send you some uh, uh, Aurora Nutriscience Vitamin C and or vitamin D is in this uh, stressful time, in this stressful time. Um, also, uh, make sure, again, that you sign up and let everybody else know. And please, uh, for the contest, the Car Stereo Contest giveaway. And in a couple of weeks, we'll, uh, we'll have Andy Ross on, who, who's American Rebel, who uh, sells home safes. He, he wants to give one of those away for Christmas as well. So that's going nice. to be interesting. Yeah, it's, he, Andy's a, a good guy. This has been my pleasure tonight. <laughs> Jeff, thanks for it. sitting through all this crap. I enjoyed it. It's fun. Thanks for having me. You're the drivingest some beach ever. Yes, <laughs> the drivingest some beach. Some beach. And and your and your platform. What's it called? Uh, Marshals of the Revolution. Marshals of the Revolution. Go to yes. Spotify. Plug into Marshals of the Revolution for some new and different music, including the Chris Weaver band including stuff. Including the Chris Weaver. Yeah, band, including yes. the Chris Weaver band stuff that's going to drop on Friday. The first song. There you Look be. at that. Live by the golden rule. There you Even be. if other people don't. You don't either. You don't either. You shouldn't either. Andy, it's always a pleasure. To always, have you, yes. Thank uh, you, Andy. On the show, yeah. Uh, maybe, pl- maybe, Love you, Jeff. Maybe, uh, just one more time. Play that first clip of the, of, of the Obama thing. Just play, it. Just, just real quick. Uh, we had a few drinks. Uh, I had made some comments about wanting Coke. So we got in the limo and left and we started drinking. I started snorting. He started smoking. I actually put my hand on his knee and started to rub up his thigh. And I performed oral sex on Barack Obama. <laughs> and a comfort in and sweet. You see how you see how the interviewer leaned in. Oh, dude! Oh, yes, oh, because I, and his leg went a little bit towards him too. Uh, everybody remember, as Barack Obama always said, "You are the source and solution to your health." We'll see you next week uh, here on episode twenty nine of How Valid Is the Validity? Andy, uh, Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see yep. you next time. We'll, we'll see you next time. Sponsors for How Valid Is the Validity. Aurora Nutra Science. Guidance Whiskey. Sony Mobile. Modern Media Geeks. Titan Motoring of Nashville. Hertz Odyssey Mobile. Cartronics of Nashville. This is how valid is the validity.